live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hello, it's me. How is everybody doing? Welcome, J-Rod Concerts family. This is your host, this and most every other week, Jamie Rodriguez. Hope everyone is having a great summer. Are you going outside? Are you by the water? Are you in a boat? Are you in a pool? Shoot me a message at Instagram, J-Rod Concerts Media. Tell me what you're doing this summer. What songs are you listening to? Do you know any bands that we should have on the show? Shoot me a message. Shoot me a DM. We just may have them on this show. Hope everyone is doing well. Today, guys, super excited to have one of the most amazing multi-instrumentalists, singers and songwriters in Music City, up-and-coming star Rachel Bayman, ladies and gentlemen. She just released an unbelievable album, Cycles, a collection of really personal songs that are very much about life, right? The, the good, the bad, the ugly, emotional roller coaster of an album. It's going to leave you in tears, in smiles, a wonderful, one of the year's best. So check that out, Cycles by Rachel Bayman. She's originally from Chicago, a Nashville based, like I said, and she moved, actually, she moved here at 18. And she spent the last uh, decade working as a musician in a variety of roles. She's worked as a session musician for Molly Tuttle, Kelsey Walden, and such been a live site woman for Casey Musgrave, for Amy Ray, and she's even produced and being a bandmate, she's done it all. She's a fiddle music virtuoso. She actually won a, one of the biggest competitions in, in Chicago growing up. We, we talk about it in this interview, hilarious stuff. And yeah, just thrilled to have her, guys. We hope you like the interview. We hope you enjoy our chat with Rachel Bayman. She's awesome. She's hilarious. We play Flip the Tune for that little club of yours that always love it and that want us to play every episode. Here it is, Flip the Tune with Rachel Bayman, guys. So we hope you like it. And yeah, the new album Cycles was actually recorded in Australia. She recorded it in Melbourne or Melbourne, whatever you, however you say it. And our friend of the show, Cy Winstanley, you may remember him. He's played with Brandy Clark. He plays guitar on some of it. So it was, it's just an outstanding album. If you want to find out more about Rachel Bayman, just check out her website, guys, which is uh, Rachel Bayman. Uh, music dot actually just rachelbayman.com i'm sorry rachelbayman.com and yeah and welcome guys to the show without further ado rachel bayman on j-rod concerts the podcast hi rachel bayman how's it going in the flesh well in the virtual <laughs> flesh look at you in zoom in the zoom flesh in the zoom flesh look at you oh my god so great to catch up with you rachel so great to see you too thanks Illin for absolutely illinois legend nashville based shining light man <laughs> yeah, dude. Illinois legend. oh cool um i love your marquee back there oh the uh yeah well you know we had to spruce it up for you of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Rachel. But yeah, you know, you're such a creative soul. You know, you're a fiddler, you're a storyteller, and you know, we're celebrating your upcoming album, Cycles, which is coming out like on June 11th in like a week from when we're recording this. Yeah. How exciting. So I'm so excited. It's been, I mean, I recorded this album in 2019, so it's been a long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you've been like just kind of sitting on it? 
Um, well, there was a long period of mixing and then there was the pandemic. And so I was like sort of changing record labels amidst all that. And because of the nature of how the industry was hit, it just took a really long time to get it rolling. Yeah. So I'm on a new label now, Signature Sounds. And yes, yeah, it was just the right time to put it out. So is it is that weird Rachel you know like maybe you get like you know I don't know a song like no good time for dying or when you bloom or whatever and like in this time since it was ready maybe you get new inspirations new ideas about the songs but the songs are kind of like already baked does that happen? yeah it is weird but I for some reason I think because of the nature of the material on this album it was a little bit lucky I mean no good time for dying has only felt more relevant you know all yeah. year long and a lot of the songs are about my family uh, members and those feel pretty timeless since I didn't, I think if I had been playing them out the whole time, you know, I think I would have felt like I was sort of, they'd had their life already, but this, since I, I wasn't playing any shows, I do feel like it's the first time that they're getting yeah. in the world. So I think it was pretty lucky if it was a different album, maybe it would have felt like it had missed its moment. You know? Totally, totally, Rachel. You know, and funny you mentioned performing because I was thinking about that um, the other day, looking at your touring schedule. I mean, you played last week with Molly Turtle in Virginia. Uh, you're playing June 12th at City Winery here across the street. Yes. And, um, you know, and then it's on to the races, basically. You know, you're yes. playing in the UK in September or like October or something like that. Yeah. You're like not stopping. Is that is that a little bit like jarring? Is that like a little bit weird going from like zero, not playing a show in a yeah. year and a half to like a hundred? Or are you just like ready to go, man? Like, this is who I am. I'm I'm ready to go. And I was like, just saying yes to everything. So excited. But I will say that I just got back from my first tour and the one with Molly, which was six shows. It was a great tour, like no complaints at all. And I was just completely destroyed after that tour. Really? I slept for like 20 hours. So <laughs> I do think I'm a little bit out of shape in terms of like the emotional output of performing sure. and like uh, being vulnerable on stage and then talking to people after and like having that whole experience. It is so intense. And I think I was in a place where I was really used to doing it four or five nights a week and uh, I didn't need as much recovery time. And now I'm like, oh man, I need to like work back up to this. So hopefully by the end of this year, I'll feel like I'm in shape again, but um, it's definitely going to be a little jarring. I think it's interesting. You mentioned that Rachel, when you are an artist, um, you know, people, people assume when the show's over, like you guys are over, but like, you still have, you know, obviously you, you talk to fans, maybe you talk mm -hmm. to people like me or whatever. When after a show, Rachel, are, do, are you finally like, do you like relax and you're like, okay, I'm off. Like, I'm, it's, I'm, usually, I'm it's usually when, you know, everyone's gone and we're just packing up the gear and cleaning up the venue, yeah. packing up the suitcase. That's kind of the, the chill out time. That's the chill out time. Cool. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I love it, Rachel. You know, and speaking of last year, you're such an introspective person. I had to ask you this. Um, what was not serving you before the pandemic that you no longer carry with you, you know, like in your, yeah. as a human, as an artist, whatever. That's a really good question. One thing that it really got me thinking about was, I think before the pandemic, I took shows so seriously and I felt like I could never cancel a show. So, because I felt this sort of like obligation that, you know, people had 
bought tickets or were planning to come. And so I've done shows with like the stomach flu, throwing up before the show. And now, I mean, after, after going through experience of canceling everything and rebooking things and people getting really used to schedules changing and things going up last minute, I feel a lot more like there's a priority for you know, physical and mental health. And I think next time that I'm severely ill, I will probably go ahead and cancel a show and not feel bad about it, you know, because it's been shown to me that, you know, it is okay to do that. And there are things that are more important than than a show, even though for me, you know, it is one of the most important things. You know, Rachel, it's so great that you say that because, you know, you're just getting started and you're going to have a long career. And we remember we saw Tom Petty in his last tour and he couldn't move. He couldn't move. And I, I, I was like, man, he, he doesn't look okay. And, you know, a couple months later, of course, you know, he passed and it came out that he didn't want to cancel. He didn't want to let down his fans. So he started taking yeah. a bunch of, bunch of uh, painkillers and whatnot. So, dude, you're health above anything else. We need you rocking out for a long time. So, Thank cool. you. That's so sweet. And I do. Yeah, I do feel like I have that mindset, the long career mindset. And I want to be doing this for as long as I possibly can. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to... Amazing, Rachel. Well, listen, we have to, we'll have to. we get to the new songs in a second, but I have to talk about their past for a minute because it's fascinating. There's so many aspects of it, uh, but like the Illinois State Fiddling Competition, which you are a champion, which you are a champion. <laughs> like, I, I, just, I just thought that was the coolest thing. Like, how is that competition? Like, just take us like a little bit inside the curtain. Is there like pressure? Is there like rivalries? Like, what is like the, the background of these things? Oh, yeah, it's totally one of those weird little subcultures that they could make one of those comedy documentaries about, you know, Um, like fiddle contests. It's definitely its own little world. And that was something that was really cool for me to be part of as a kid because or like as a teenager more, I guess, because I I grew up in Chicago, like in the city. And I didn't like playing fiddle was not part of my normal day-to-day life like I went to public school and I listened to like hip-hop and R&B and no I didn't talk to any of my friends about fiddle it was like I had a double life you know because it was just so uncool and so unrelatable for everyone that I was hanging out with so when I went to these contests which were more like rural parts of Illinois and I was lucky because my parents were willing to like drive me out there before I could drive and um that was where I could meet some peers, you know, that were also kind of nerdy fiddle people like me. And so I did have my like friends that I hung out with and met up with at those contests. And I had my kind of little rivalries with the, um, with some other people my age. It was pretty friendly. I mean, honestly, it's, it's not that serious of a scene in Illinois. Like it's pretty small. So right. it's mostly at like state fairs and, and things like that. So it was more of just like an interesting cultural dichotomy than, yeah been like something really intense but it did give me a good um kind of little friend web to to and like people to aspire to play like and things like that yeah fascinating that's so that's so fascinating (laughs) and it's so cool that you mentioned your parents because um not many people don't know this but you know you were raised with human consciousness in mind like yeah you're, you attended the Ethical Humanist Society of in Chicago every Sunday. <laughs> and your deep research. Yes, I oh, did. Oh, man. Like, your parents were, like, all, your parents are, like, when people are, like, dude, it, it, people need to know, everyone loves Rachel Bayman. Like, you're, everyone, <laughs> and, like, where does it come from? Where does it come from? From your parents. Oh, yes, that's so sweet. Like my parents are awesome. They are awesome. They're, they're not, like, 
that I guess there are some there's normal in some ways and very abnormal in other ways um especially my dad I think my dad grew up kind of between countries he's he grew up partially in Israel partially in the U.S. and so I think he has a very global perspective on the world yeah um, and uh, my mom had a really like rough childhood a really traumatic and abusive childhood and I think that she's just probably one of but maybe for that reason, she's like the most empathetic person that I have ever met. And so it's beautiful. I always kind of grew up around those, those different um, perspectives, which I think, I think was really cool to have that. Totally, totally. Especially in a city like Chicago that is so beautiful, but it has so many layers of like light and a little bit of dark beneath, you know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a definitely a very, um, intense city I guess in some ways there's a lot of problems that people kind of ignore and there's yeah. areas of the city like the I grew up in Oak Park which is on the west side and it's like you know my house was two blocks from the official city line and I could take the train from my house to downtown and there was whole sections of the city between my house and downtown that are just like rundown factories and it kind of looks like a like an apocalyptic factory neighborhood yeah. you know and that hasn't changed the whole time since I was four until now you know like no, those neighborhoods haven't changed I think some of them maybe are are changing now but nobody really talked about that or well I guess people talked about it but it wasn't I don't know it was sort of just a given that we all just lived with you know yeah yeah totally totally Rachel Okay, let's talk about a few of the new songs. I mean, I want I want to ask you about your grandmother, and the reason why I ask about your grandmother is because "No Good Time for Dying" is such a, it's such a powerful and beautiful song, Rachel. I mean, just the way that you created this, you know, three and a half minute song or whatever, where it's like a tribute to her independence, to her fortitude, but also a little bit of like you know death, like and and, and that yeah. awkwardness around it. Like, tell me a little bit about her and that whole song because it's beautiful. Thank you. Um, I love talking about my grandma because she was such a huge character in my life. Um, definitely a loose cannon. Like you, she was always kind of yelling and saying really inappropriate things. Like you never knew what was going to happen. I have this amazing memory of her coming to my college graduation here in Nashville. And I went to Vanderbilt as a very kind of like fancy people's school. And um, <laughs> So everyone's families were all kind of like very tidy and fancy and my grandma's out there and like she just gets hammered. She starts chugging the little ch champagnes that they put out and then she starts doing the can-can dance and like yelling and it just made me so happy because it's like she she just didn't care. Like she didn't care at all about those kind of like like fanfares or social graces which you know was a problem sometimes but it was also very liberating and I, I loved it about her so um yeah her when she was um kind of starting to like have her like physical health decline it was so sad and hard to watch and I guess like we all want to believe that we're going to have this nice ending and like sometimes it just doesn't happen that way and right it's just one of those hard realities of life which I didn't really I don't I wish there was more of like a silver lining to that song I guess but it's more of just an acceptance to me yeah. like of that reality and that like you don't it doesn't always 
finish the way that you want it to, you know, for yourself or your loved ones. So exactly, exactly. You know, I think it all comes down like in the East, in Japan and all that, like they, they, they just look at death so differently than us in the West. Yeah. And, and that's where the pain comes from. Yeah, maybe that, maybe so. I mean, maybe there's, I know that there is a lot of work to be done here. I mean, I guess I don't know as much about all of the global traditions, but here I think there is like a, a serious avoidance of, of old age, even, you know, like with yeah. um, kind of the idea that older people live separately in like sort of a nursing home yes. environment. And so it's almost like we just kind of hide it away and we don't, we try to like pretend it doesn't exist. And exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Amazing. All right. I could talk about this for hours with you. Like, okay. When you bloom, amazing yes. song, Rachel, I, I like, I'm fascinated by the creative process of a song like this, especially with you playing the fiddle uh, because the lyrics and the fiddle are so amazing. Uh, what comes first? I mean, it's the cliche question, but because it's fiddle, I find it fascinating. Like a, a song like this, do you first come up with the lyrics and then you create around it or vice versa? Yeah, so I almost always write lyrically first. And this song um, was one that I worked on with Olivia Halley, who co-produced the record with me. And I had written... Um, all of the the lyrics to the all the verses and the pre-choruses which is kind of like where are you going without me that kind of thing yeah. and and I had played it on guitar like I play a lot of guitar when I'm writing more so than like fiddle I don't usually write on I kind of add that later sure. but I do feel like I struggle to um write melodically in a way that I would I would like to incorporate melody more at the front end and that's something that live is really really strong at right. and so we I, I was lucky like I showed her that song I was like I have I have all of this song but like I don't feel like it's really popping yet like it's melodically it feels boring and she was like well I have this melody that I've been playing with and it was the melody for that chorus which is like such a beautiful melody and she sang the melody and the words just like just came like boom and so it was like one of those amazing collaborative things and I feel like there's a lot of melodic moments on this new record that I really owe to Liv because she that's really what she was able to bring that I can never you know seem to to get and I hope through working with her that I will have absorbed a little bit of that <laughs> melodic sure. Sure. Um, prowess so I, I always try to like work with people on records that I feel like I can kind of steal some secrets from because it's it's like a way of getting some mentorship you right. know, after absolutely absolutely yeah. Rachel well Rachel you've been so great with your time I want to let you get get on with your day but I do want to play a little game with you if that's all right okay sure yeah the game is called flip the tune and it's it, the rules are very simple we play three clips of your songs 10 seconds 10 seconds only but in reverse oh amazing yeah. okay and what we want to the only thing we want to see is like how well do you know your songs you know them well okay. enough to know them in reverse oh. So cool. Okay. That's that's the gist. Okay. So, are you ready for the first one, Rachel Bayman? I'm ready. Okay. And, and don't, just don't, you, you should see the results we have here. It's like catastrophic. <laughs> it's, yeah. All right. Here we go. Flip the tune with Rachel Bayman. Let's go. Is 
Is this this isn't off the new record, is it? No, it, it goes back. It goes it goes back. Yeah, I just gave you a hint. Madison, Tennessee. It is Madison, Tennessee. Yes. Oh God, okay. unbelievable. Look <laughs> at you. Look at you. Okay. Let's. That's great. You already did better than like fifty percent of the people. <laughs> you're, already on the, you're already ahead of the curve. All right. Flip the tune with Rachel Bayman. Here is the second one. That sounds so cool. I like want that cliff. That's amazing. Okay. Are you including any 10 string symphony songs in this? No. Okay. Uh, is that when you bloom? Yes, that is when you bloom. Unbelievable. <laughs> great. You, you played it. You played it like you didn't know it there. You no, know. I was just, I heard like a, an electronic sound and I was like imagining it might have been one of those sound no, effects. Pretty amazing, anyway. amazing. Already a passing score. Now you're just going for like bragging rights at this point. All right, okay. here we go. Here we go. For the perfect score, flip the tune with Rachel Bayman and away we go. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. oh, I think that's something off of shame. Is that never tired of the road or shame or is it shame? Final guess. What is it? Ah, Which was no, your final answer? Which was your final answer? Which one is it? Oh, can I hear it again? Sure. First, this is the first time we ever do this, but yeah, you're cool. We, lo we love <laughs> Rachel Bayman. Right. So okay. we're breaking the rules for Rachel Bayman here. Okay, that's shame, I think. That is shame. Yes! That's shame. Three, oh! three. Unbelievable. What okay. an year. Amazing. Okay. Rachel Yay. Bayman. You have said it all. You gave us some great insight into the album. You made us laugh. You made us think. And you got three out of three and flipped the tune. What a great, what a great guest. Thank you so much. It's so fun talking to you. Thank you, Jamie. Absolutely, Rachel. I'm sure we'll cross paths sometime. And congratulations on the album. It's gonna be it's gonna be a huge success. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to J Rod Concerts the Podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.